digitalization is taking a grip on the whole company. You cannot only say, okay, we focus on our e-commerce and you know have our online marketing and everything in that area, but we also need to always ensure that the rest of the processes that come behind until like the production are also in our whole digitalization transformation. And we have employees that have been with us for 40 to 50 years, and we always have to you know take them with us on this new journey and, and make sure that they're not you know scared by these by the new technology. But that gave a real big push and also showed a lot of employees that you know, using this kind of technology is a real help. Welcome to the Digital Transformer podcast, your number one podcast on digital innovation, transformation, and venture building. We help entrepreneurs and corporate innovation leaders like you gain the knowledge and skills you need to build the leading digital businesses of your industry. Today, I talk to Bonita Grob, Head of E-commerce and HR at Trigema, and possible successor to the current CEO, Wolfgang Grob. As a member of the family business dynasty, Bonita has played a key role in the digital transformation of the traditional clothing retailer and has been recognized as top 40 under 40 for her achievements. In our episode, we talk about what it takes for traditional family businesses and organizations to succeed in digital transformation, how to win over Gen Z employees, also for classical functions such as production, and why strong values will be the core differentiator for companies in the future. So with no further ado, let me welcome Bonita. Hey Bonita, awesome to have you on our podcast. On the hinterland, we already had an interview which gathered a lot of eyeballs. And so it's even more of a pleasure right now to have you here and to have the opportunity to talk to you a little more and to go more into detail about you, Trigema, the story of uh, digital innovation. And what I think is interesting is that Trigema, so to speak, like for every German, Trigema is a name, right? And it's, it's a player that's associated with clothing that's sold in retail stores with quality 100% made in, in Germany. And now as there is this young customer group, especially Gen Z coming up, uh, being way more into online shopping and, and spending in general way more time online, uh, also interacting on, on different types of media and so on and so forth, suddenly there is the need to find new ways of, of selling products online and to, to really also transform organizations digitally. And I'd like to like take that as a step into our conversation to see how right now, as you took over as head of e-commerce and head of HR, how you suddenly had to face this challenge and or what were the success factors in, in overcoming that challenge? Thank you for inviting me now um, to your podcast this time after we met at Hinterland. Yes, so as we spoke about in Hinterland, digitization is a big part of our process in general currently at um, Trigema. As we mentioned our online shop already, we've been um, selling uh, to customers B2C by our online shops since 2004. I joined our family business in 2013. I joined the um, e-commerce department and now um, since 2018, I'm in charge of the e-commerce department and also HR, as you mentioned. And there, of course, I have direct contact, not only, of course, to our B2C customers, but also can see sort of also the HR challenges that you have in having pushing digitalization um, in our company. So maybe if I say a few words first to our company, we were founded in 1919 by my great-grandfather, and we started off only manufacturing male and female underwear. Now um, we have a very uh, large portfolio where we also 
of, of course, mainly focused on uh, sports and leisure wear. So, and we manufacture everything in Germany here in uh, Baden-Württemberg at our main location in Burladingen. We have full stage production here. So we only buy the yarn and um, the fabric is made here. It's knitted, it's dyed, finished, cut, and also sewn. So we have 700 seamstresses and seamsters as well. Which is actually unique if you if I briefly jump in here, because a lot of other companies, they have at least part of the production outsourced to different countries near shore, but a lot of them, of course, China, Thailand, and so on and so forth. So this is really something that is unique about Trigema. And that is also where digitization is also different for us. So as I said, originally we're a manufacturer and we only sort of came into the B2C business where we, instead of selling to wholesalers, sold through our own stationary shops at first in the late 1980s and since then we've sort of expanded our b2c um, platform also through um, since 2004 through our own online shop and also our online partners since then so since so we are we sort of cover the whole the, we're fully integrated we manufacture our products and have the whole sort of um, selling a forward um, system in our own hands as well and that's where digitization is of course a good helper for us but also because of historic you know historically crone growth processes etc we can't we cannot only say okay we focus on our e-commerce and you know have our online marketing and everything in that area but we also need to always ensure that the rest of the processes that come behind until like the production are also in our whole digitization transformation and that is also where we are facing challenges, but we are trying to um, overcome them and always, you know, to see sort of our company as a whole. And like our e-commerce part is currently about um, 30% of our sales, but yeah, that's only one part of the company as I see it. And digitization is sort of taking a grip on the whole company. And that's interesting because I think like over time, you probably expect the e-commerce part to become even bigger, right? But as you said, it's, a, it's an integrated system. Like everything has to work hand in hand, like from production over the actual, let's say, selling, which also then includes social media and the organization as a whole. And taking, let's say, a step back and like looking at the early beginnings, what would you say like starting from this, like once you started realizing, hey, digital innovation is a thing, like there needs to be something or something needs to be done. What was the the challenge that once you came into the company that you faced and where you say, okay, that, that was really like the big crucial issue I had to solve first in order to make this transition happen in a way? Well, I wouldn't say I solved it by myself or I saw it by myself, but we sort of took it on with our team. And because, as I said, we have sort of historically grown processes and, you know, we have like, we, I mean, when the company started out, you know, I mean, no one ever knew, thought there was going to be a computer, you know, like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> so obviously, you know, we've always had these, we've like, We've always evolved in all of our production <clears throat> processes and the way we handle our things. So, of course, you know, for us, it's not like if you have a startup or a new company, you know, you already implement processes that have been there, you know, that, that, that are just there and you don't need to change existing processes. Whereas for us, we always need to take our employees and we have employees that have been with us for 40 to 50 years and we always have to you know take them with us on this new journey and, and make sure that they're not you know scared by these by the new technology but sort of show them the benefits so for example during the corona covid pandemic our online business was sort of our savior because that was the only way that we could sell because in Germany and um, stationary shops were had to close. So from one day to the next 50% of our sales were gone and um, so we used our online business 
And what we did is we sold masks, for example. We made we we switched our production within two days. Eighty percent of our production was manufacturing face masks, and then so we and we sold them through our online shop. And that meant that suddenly, from one day to the next, we had like an increase from I don't know around three hundred orders to three thousand. And obviously, there um, digitization and like our like the whole processes that we implemented. I mean that sort of gave us a big push to even further look at how we could optimize certain processes, how we could use, I don't know, our Microsoft Dynamics system, et cetera, how we could just what we could do using all of these processes to get more efficient and to quickly be able to um, fulfill all of these orders because, of course, our systems weren't um, equipped for that. But that gave a real big push and also showed a lot of employees that, you know, using this kind of technology is a real help. I think that also showed them, okay, yes, you know, if we adapt quickly and, you know, we have to, then, you know, that that can also be a big help. And that technology, you always have to show that, you know, technology and digitization isn't like, isn't scary. It's not going to cost them their job, but it's only going to, yeah, optimize them. Make make it easier for them in a way, right? And also, you know, we're in a, we're in a manufacturing, we're in production. So for us, um, it's more and more difficult to find employees. And um, therefore, also through automation and robotics, we can, of course, compensate that lack of employment we have there. Which is obviously like a huge, huge challenge for a lot of companies, like finding the right employees. You often speak about, let's say, having a, a market that is completely, where, where basically the best employees can, can choose their employer and really like em, employers have to apply to to certain company or, or have to apply to the, to the candidates that they want to, let's say, win over. So I think that's that's ultimately major challenge. Maybe, maybe to dive a bit into how did you, let's say, really make sure that companies or that your employees see it as an opportunity to or see technology as an opportunity because i think like especially change management wise it's, it's not easy you mentioned that let's say having a case study or in case in point that helps to you know have a showcase saying hey this actually helps like technology in this case is our savior in, in, the, in the situation you just described with regards to covid but how did you really go about let's say a communicating it and then also what were you your action steps that then said hey right now we realized this is something good that you then took after that to say how, how can we let's say expand on those abilities that we build up so through, through the different processes that we've implemented in production, in uh, in sales, in other areas, what we always learned that is first we always train like a group of key users, and once they know the how to use the the product or the new process, we would we would then sort of assign them like groups of other employees and then um, they would sort of teach them and everything and we'd always have like you know feedback sessions every week and say them tell them ask them you know what are the what are the problems that you're facing in this adapting this new technology what are your what what sort of improvements could we still make um, and then it takes a few months that can be a bit like a bit more rough but then after a few after a few months uh, like after half a year or a year people are like oh you know we we can't imagine how we did it in the past without having the system so for example in our production since we're one of the last companies that have so many seamstresses in, uh, in Germany in, in Europe there we were also looking you know to sort of optimize the the flow of production and to sort of digitize more so every all of our Every uh, sewing machine now has an, an iPad sort of to it where we can sort of track the process and everything and sort of um, it's 
much easier now to sort of control the flow of the product and to also see where difficulties are in the sewing process. Um, and that also took, you know, a time to implement because in general, with a lot of digitization projects within the textile industry, because a lot of textiles are still made in countries where wages are so low that they say, okay, you know, we don't need to sort of invest in technology. Whereas for us, it's the other way around. We need to invest in technology because we have such high wage pressures and of course also the lack of employees. So we always need to try and find solutions in that way. And yeah, and therefore we've sort of found our way somehow to um, implement this project. And, and how do you go about selecting those, let's say, core users that are ultimately training the, the other employees step by step? Like, is it on a voluntary basis? Is it just because you observe, hey, these people are somewhat like even in the free time or whatever, they're apt to using those technologies or they volunteer and then they say, hey, okay, I want to be the person, let's say, bringing our department forward in that sense. Well, yeah, usually you speak to the sort of department, like sort of the, we say group leaders or the head of department, you ask, okay, who do you think in your team, you know, is, is, you know, would like to take on this challenge? Who's, who's, who's sort of fit in using these, you know, new appliances? Who, who do you think would, would be a, a good person to sort of, you know, share their knowledge and to sort of learn about it? And then that's how you, yeah, so you pick out certain people you ask and also other people say, oh, you know, I'm interested in you know, learning this, could I be part of the group? And yeah. Because I think like that's such a core step to take is to ultimately really figure out who's already a, a promoter, so to speak, of a new technology, who who's in the right mindset, who is inherently uh, motivated to ultimately also bring things forward. And then to leverage those people and to, to even maybe have showcases, as you also said, with uh, in respect to the to the COVID pandemic, where suddenly people realize, hey, online shops are actually not maybe a threat to our business, but might also be something that adds to it. And then to, to leverage that motivation and that little momentum to ultimately grow something bigger out of it. Moving a bit forward, because you also said that obviously the, the employee or finding the right employees is a core challenge. And, and you mentioned the, the, the topic new work. I imagine that right now as a, let's say, more traditional company, so to speak, who's been like based also on traditional values, it's somewhat hard to, to make the shift towards saying, or to also encounter, especially like a generation that stereotypically speaking, just says, hey, I want complete flexibility where, from where I work, when I work. I want to be involved in all types of decisions. I want to, let's say, have a strong mentor and so on and so forth. Something that is, let's say, very cr contrarian to how work or how people might might have or how the organization might have been built up in the first place. And I think there's also been an interesting article on that in, in the Focus magazine. We said, hey, like, or where I think Wolfgang Group said, hey, like flexibility and like this, this dupsen. So basically just like being informal is something that is somewhat going against how at least I build the company. So I imagine that's like quite a bit of a challenge to right now attract young employees who have a totally different understanding also let's say prerequisites or requirements when it comes to joining an organization and then let's say changing the organization to kind of like meet it maybe halfway mm. no but you have to always have to see you know for us it's um it's a bit different because we're a production company so i'm saying like 
for example, if you talk about home office, I mean, most of our employees, we only have 40 people in our um, administration. The rest are all in production or, you know, in, in the sales, in the, in the shops. So you have to be there, you know, you have to be actually physically there. So we can't really change that. Yes. And flexibility. Yes. But, you know, you have to sort of, I don't know, that's always, um, that's always been, um, part that if you know you're working in production you have your shift and you know because the, the machine has to be covered eight hours a day or 12 hours a day or however long so yeah i think that's a that's a different sort of that's uh, that's where we in manufacturing have to find a different way to motivate people but what we've always seen is that and um, for us we always say you know our it's a family business we always say it's it's our um, it's our business family sort of you know where we have um all of our employees need to feel you know our, we have strong values in the company we say that you know employees have um sort of lifetime employment they can, you know, they should sort of feel at home. They should feel it's like a family where they work. And we have, and that's why we always, we always say, you know, these, this is also what sort of is part of being a family business. And uh, maybe those are also values, you know, that people are looking for. You also see that the new generation is looking sort of, you know, what's the value of what I'm doing? What is the product? How is it going to affect the environment and everything? And that's also how we say, you know, our product is, is environmentally friendly. You know how it's produced. You sort of, you can see sort of the end product. You can see what you're working for. And I think that's maybe also hopefully one of the benefits that... Mm. That's why our employees choose our company. I think I think you just touched upon a few very, very core aspects. I think the one part is about really having, let's say, the values clear. Because as you all, as you rightfully said, this new generation is so keen on working, not for the sake of working, but ultimately for working because they want to make a contribution, A. And because B, they want to, let's say, work for a company that is... That, with like that has values that resonate and that ultimately yeah does good for the greater society in a way and i think really putting these values out there and saying hey this is what we stand for and these are the people that also we want to attract i think that ultimately creates then an environment and a working culture that is very yeah supportive and uh, helps people also to flourish question is do you think that just putting the values out there is is enough at least like right now in your experience to ultimately attract employees or have you seen that there is even more needed to also let's say bring people to join Trigema? yeah well of course you know we always adapt in the way we we do things, you know, I mean, I'm saying like, you know, the way you, you manage people, the way you speak to people, the, everything, you know, over the past, our company is over a hundred years old, you know, things always change. You always adapt. Of course, we have, we had to change certain shifts, you know, we have to, we have to adapt in these kind of ways. We have to, I don't know, offer different things. I think, you know, every, I'm always saying like every generation has their interests, their needs. I mean, the way we work is different to the way maybe Generation Set now works. It's different to the to the generation before us worked, you know. So I think every every time, you know, it evolves. And I think we just have to adapt and go see what sort of also what works for our company, you know. I mean, a lot of like, you can't always be like, oh, everywhere it's the same. You always have to see what works for the way we work, for the way of the colleagues, how they adapt to it, how they work together, I think. Yeah, it's, it also depends, you know, I mean, we're in the countryside, it's different here to where if you're if you're in Berlin, for example, or in other big cities. And I think where I also see like the government is asked is that, you know, they have to, 
make sure, I mean, Germany has this sort of benefit that, you know, we have industry and strong economic, strong economy throughout Germany, and we're not focused on, you know, certain areas. And um, that's where the challenge lies in the future to sort of preserve this and um, to also, you know, sort of make sure that, you know, not everyone just flocks to the cities, but, you know, that we keep it sort of in Germany overall on the on the whole area and not in certain, only in certain areas. And that's also a challenge for the future. Right. And and have you have you found like as you said, hey, like every generation has let's say new ways of working in a way and new ways and how you have to maybe adjust your leadership style as well. Have do you have like one concrete example where you say this is something where we realize this is something we have to change in order to appeal to the younger generations? I don't think we that we need to change something appropriate abruptly i think it's just it depends like i can see you know like my for example my father the when he joined the company it was sort of more like top down right now it's it's more like in certain in in certain departments or in, in most areas where you're like okay you know it's more it's more sort of a team a teamwork basis so i think this also changes right yeah absolutely i think involvement is becoming more and more of a topic people want to have it their say and people want to let's say collaborate on an on the on an eye level more or less and so fostering that is is, is very important i think that like you know in the past used to be a lot of micromanagement i think we're moving more to more macro <laughs> absolutely yeah fortunately you know <laughs> Taking a step back right now, looking from today, looking back at this entire journey that you've also witnessed with Trigema, what would you say? And I, and I know it's it's somewhat of a challenging question, but is there one tip that you would give other founders and corporates who really want to build or transform digitally their organization? Uh, we say this is something that I would suggest is key. I always think like be you know be true to your values because if I take one example for example we have um in the social media area we always had you know also certain advisors that um told us you know sort of how we should structure it how we should present ourselves in that area and they were always since we're you know in the in the fashion industry they always told us for example oh you know you have to make high end fashion photography you have to, it has to all has to you know has to sort of reflect that and everything but we're not such a like we always say fashionable brand but want to have our values reflected so we said no okay this is not we don't want to use instagram etc just to post our products but what we want to use it is to sort of show more of the values more of the things that sort of make up trigema that that's sort of why our customers purchase us why they where we can say okay we can show them you know this is how the product is made and this is the person that made it and this is how you know sort of i don't know daily life looks at the company you know this is sort of the sort of topics that you know are big for us currently you know we, we we want to share this with our customers with our social media fans we say and there we have to um there you know we're true to ourselves we know that we know we can't have I know high-end fashion shows in Berlin or in Paris or whatever. That's not us, but we always have. We always have to show, you know, sort of what what is it that makes our company different, and what is that we want to portray to our customers. What what is it that we want to show? And I think if you're true to yourself and your values, and you know that what you show is what what's reality, and you know you don't sort of pretend, then that always makes it easier, and that also makes it easier for us because if you think we're like, I mean, we're a mid-sized company, we have we we're not. We don't have the marketing spend that other companies have, but we try to use the money, the sort of the budget that we have to, I don't know, create our own products and to, and that's why I also like, you know, like to have our, our employees as well that, you know, try and create content that, you know, that we all try to sort of work together to portray sort of the image that we want of our company. Yeah, I think that's super inspiring because essentially 
a lot of folks these days, like especially if you if you talk about Gen Z, they they really seek this let's say original content that is not just like highly polished and like they want that let's say look behind the scenes exactly i say understand like what is it like this is the product i'm buying but like where does it come from how has it been sourced who's been the person behind it what are the values behind it and so on and really let's say curating it in that way and also involving let's say the, the 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 broader organization to to portray a more let's say realistic and, and raw, but like raw in a good sense picture. I think that's that, that's a really good step to take. Looking forward, what would you say is, let's say the number one challenge that companies have to overcome when it comes to digital transformation, especially like in like companies that might be, let's say rather in, on the, in the, in the countryside might not be, let's say the, the new hip Berlin startups. <laughs> but have a, a, tr a history and a tradition and really want to take this forward? Well, what we've, people always ask us, like, how do you manage, you know, you're sitting here in the countryside, how do you manage to um, sort of attract the employees, you know, that you need, the sort of knowledge, talent that you need? And for us, we always say, yes, we know that, you know, someone who's, who's grown up, I don't know, in a, a large city will, will probably not move, make the move to the countryside. But we always say, you know, we always have talent as well here regionally, and we try to develop this. And so most of our employees come here from the region, and we want to, you know, sort of through sort of opportunities that you offer and, um, you know, sort of training and everything, we um, always try to, um, especially we have, um, for example, we have a lot of um, apprentices, we have 50 apprentices every year and in different areas. And there we try to sort of develop, you know, people that start an apprenticeship here with us um, know that, you know, that's not where they're going to stand. But if, you know, we can, we see talent and everything, you know, you need to push this. And then um, because if you're, if you're from the area, you're more likely to stay and, you know, it's, it's where you've grown up. So we try to push i'm saying local talent awesome cool it's been an absolute pleasure to have you benita and yeah thanks for sharing the inspiring insights the inspiring stories and i really look forward to talking to again to you soon and thanks for joining thank you very much